a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Big show coming up on Footy Tour. Could it be a race in two Broncos and Panthers? A new deal potentially for Jaden Sullivan at the Tigers. And Gordy, it wouldn't be a week without a feel good headline. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, he was right this week. He might be wrong next week. Wait and see. <laughs> Plenty to talk about on Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to another Monday edition of Footy Talk with Emma Lawrence and Gordon Tallis. Gordy, round 23, done and dusted. Only a few weeks to go until finals now. But is it a race in two? The Broncos and the Panthers, can you see anyone catching those two? Well, before I get to that, normally I hate this time of year. There's a bit of a lull after state of origin. The teams that aren't going to play finals normally quit, but... The weekend of footy with the Titans against the Warriors, with the Tigers against the Raiders, the Dolphins um, against the Knights. So it was some of the better games of the weekend. Certainly with Penrith and Brisbane, they've raised the bar, haven't they? So Penrith have raised the bar about a month ago. You just saw how they're ticking over. And without Cleary, they just sort of got their mojo on and everybody else has picked up the slack. And, you know, it, it's the best I've seen a side that is going to go for three in a row. I don't even remember how Parramatta was sitting in the 80s, whether they were, you know, in this type of form, um, going to win three in a row. But it's a it's a good a chance as I've watched any rugby league side in Brisbane go up there to Townsville. It's always a great clash, no matter where these two are on on the ladder at the moment. When they play each other, it's must-watch viewing. That's what James Hooper said yesterday, and I've got to agree. And it was a high-quality game. And Brisbane without Adam Reynolds, I thought that, it made me lean a little bit towards the Cowboys, but Brisbane were absolutely outstanding and left a lot of points out there. They bombed a few tries as well. So there's no doubt that those two right now um, are the best two teams in the competition, but there's still a lot of footy to go. And I'm not predicting anything, Emma. You're not creating any headlines for us? Is that is that what you're saying? No, I just <laughs> said I'm not going to predict anything, right? Because it just makes a liar of you. you know I mean, like yeah. who would have thought that South were going to lose to Cronulla. So we, so the whole world knows that Latrell's back and he looked fit and the carries he had the week before that they're just going to slot back in the second week back that they're going to slot back in and no one's going to touch South and they're going to go on a bit of a run and especially the way the Sharks have been playing with Nico Hines under all sorts of pressure. But that's why I'm not going to predict anything. Okay, that's fair. Just you on know what the- I mean? And then the Tigers, I thought they were no chance. I actually thought <laughs> it could have been a bit of a cricket score. And they were unlucky yesterday. They were a little bit unlucky. That was a good game. Right at it the end, Luke Brook puts that kick in. I'm thinking we, we could have it when I say we, the Tigers. Yeah. But well, anyway. Yeah, so do you know what? I finished here at the M's and I walked down and Caxton Street was there and I thought, oh, because the wife was out and she said she's going to get home about 5.36. I thought, I'll just go in here and watch it. And Everybody was just sitting there. There's like about 40 guys sitting there. The big screen was going. They turn it up. It's a it's a cool pub, right? They're not ashamed to put rugby league on and turn it up. And everybody's sitting there. And it was a game like it was like like everybody was cheering it. Like it was unbelievable. Especially that try in the first half. You know, the Tigers, they went down the right hand side and passed it over and they scored right over in the left. It was a it was crazy. So uh it was a great atmosphere in the Tigers. 
Emma, take about. That's the closest. That's like winning for you guys. I know they can't actually dis- be disappointed with that coming so close to the Raiders who <laughs> are if what, you're a Tigers fan. six you or something. But it's if you're any other team, you're disappointed. But yeah, not, and I was like, thinking, oh, we're, we're not going to go home disappointed. We got close <laughs> anyway. There you go. Just back on the Broncos. Do you think this is the best Brisbane side we have seen since your era? It's a pretty good side. Yeah, uh, I think so. I would go as far to say that the forward pack with Payne Hass and. Flegler and Carrigan and Ricky and they had, you know, you got Capewell there. Yeah, um, yes, I think that's a really hard-working pack that is equal to anybody on their day. They just haven't done it against the big boys in the finals yet, and that's when you know, you know, when Penrith turned up the heat on Parramatta last year, Parramatta couldn't go with them. So that's the last challenge for this forward pack is, you know, against, you know, the real big teams in the pressure cooker, can they stand up and get over the top of them? And their back line, I think Reese Walsh's is, you know I mean? At the moment he's young, but it's like a young Billy Slater, Darren Lockie with the speed when they first burst onto the scene. They got Cobbo that's, you know, like a Wendell Saylor. They got Katoni Stakes that a bit like a Steve Renouf can score out of nothing. And, you know, you got a defensive centre in Herbie Farmworth, which is a bit Chris Johns, Darren Smith-like. So, yeah, absolutely. And they've got a couple of playmakers, you know. It's sort of about face where the number seven is a bit more like Kevy, where they'll just steer the ship around and the number six is just such a runner and just always wants to attack and that's Ezra Mam. So, yeah, there's no doubt that, that this team – and Kevy's assembled a really good bunch of guys and I saw last week when Carrigan scored that try, you know, you can't fake that. You can't fake that celebration, you know, like how how sort of happy they were for him, you know, where most people probably liked seeing him do the nudie run, you know, the Brisbane Thor. But it's the closest I've, I've seen to the 90s teams that I've been in, you know. Yeah. No, I don't think there would have been too many complaining about a, a Pat Carrigan nudie run, but anyway. Well, well, <laughs> well, you know, there's a chance of just so if they finish their career that Reese Walsh could probably go down as Brisbane's greatest fullback. Uh, and Darren Lockyer played fullback. Mm. Payne Haas can arguably go down as the greatest front rower, and that's Ever? Petro Shane Webke. Well, or just he's got Bronco. a bit to do. Yeah. You've got to win grand finals. Glenn Lazarus come and won grand finals. Mm. They're talking about Adam Reynolds being the best signing. The best signing for me, right, I sort of stay out of it. The best signing ever for Brisbane is Wally Laws. Bar none. Yeah. And it's street second because when they signed Wally Lewis, everybody else in Queensland signed. So that was Gene Miles, that was Greg Dowling, that's Greg Kineski, that's Alan Langer. They all wanted to sign because of Wally Lewis's signature. So that is the most important signature. And then after that, you know, obviously they had all the originals, but probably the next best signature is Glenn Lazarus. But Glenn's got maybe four grand finals out of Brisbane. So until you can come there as a as a fresh signing, and win that many grand finals. Well, you're not a better signing, are you? No. So I really like the way Brisbane and then the danger signs are we ask Kevy Walters, you know, and I've watched, you know, like you watch horse trainers, right? So they're all trainers, they're all coaches in a way and then, you know, a horse will win four races in a row and they'll ask a trainer and they say, oh, God, how good is this horse? And they go, I don't know which means that they're still learning on their way, you know, that this horse is young. And when Kevy said that yesterday, and I don't know either because I didn't think that they'd be this good by the end of the year. I didn't think that that performance, what they showed against the Cowboys, I didn't think that that was there and they just keep on getting better and better. So the sky's the limit. 
They were certainly good to watch. Uh, can't say the same for the Rabbitohs. As you mentioned earlier, shock loss to the Sharkies. Sharkies were also without Will Kennedy. Uh, Dale Finucane's gone for the season. So that was a big win for them. But one of the big talking points during the week was Phil Gould's comments about yeah. Latrell Mitchell and the fact that he is yet to deliver in the biggest games and well, the biggest has. moments. He has delivered. He has delivered. I think... I don't know. Gus is cryptic and we've spoken about it before and I love him. Like I, I sort of hang on every word that he says. Mm. But with that, I think it's more of a shot at South, you know. But South don't have – like if you had Penrith's forward pack and South's backlight, and that's no disrespect to South's forward pack, but they're not a big-name forward pack, are they? They just go about there and do their business, yeah. you know. So, And you look at South's lineup compared to – say, a Penrith or a Roosters, the names that are in their side. And I just think that I've watched Latrell do it at origin level. I've watched him win grand finals. I've watched him do it for Australia. I've watched him do it on so many big occasions. I've watched mm-hmm. him kick field goals in big moments when they're playing Melbourne. So you just got to get him to the moment. And, well, it is true because when, when South made the grand final, he didn't play. So he didn't get a chance in yeah. that big moment. So not so much that he can't do it is that he… He can do it. Yeah. Come on. If I asked you, is Latrell a big game player? I would, go ask any yeah. fan out there. If Latrell's playing against you, who's the most dangerous player on the field? Yeah, I would be inclined to say the opposite, that Latrell delivers more in the big moments than yeah, like just your regular. Big yeah. moment. And then some players, like, you got to get them to the big moments. You know, I mean, like, mate, like they're Ferraris. For, Ferraris don't drive to the track. I mean, they get taken there, right? Yeah. And then when it's time to race, like they race, you know. Like they, I've played with guys like Steve Renouf was not a guy that you know would get you to the big. But mate, when you needed him, like like then you got to take him to the dance. Like you got to you got to take him to the moments, and then they win the moments more than anybody else. Mm. But I think Latrell can create the moments, and you give him the moment. So I think he can do both. I love watching him play. You know, maybe a bit of a cattle prog, you know, to say, mate, have a go. There's a competition here if you want it. Maybe that's what Gus is trying to do, just just sort of challenge this young kid, you know, just to get out of his comfort zone a little bit. Mate, see, that's why when Gus says something, because there's so many different meanings. Or maybe he just said it because he wanted a headline. Maybe. And he wanted to take a bit of pressure off the dogs. Well, he does, because he's Phil Gould, it does create headlines. And so then at the media conferences during the week, they are asked about it. When the players spoke, Campbell Graham said, you know what, I think this will fire Latrell up because he's the type that gets motivated by that. Jason Demetrio said Latrell, he would imagine, would be disappointed. And then I'm sure Latrell would admit that wasn't his best game. So do you think there was an element of those comments getting under his skin at all? No, I don't think so. I just think second week back, you know, he hadn't played footy for a long time. I take it back to athletes, you know, like second race can always, you know, like, after a long layoff and a spell, you can be a little bit rusty. You know, everything was a little bit exciting, but they were a little bit rusty the first week too. And don't forget, South have been everywhere. South are on the road a lot mm. because of their stadium getting used up. So, and then this week they're off to Barlow Park. So where they've been, they've been out to Tamworth, they've gone to Perth and they're in Barlow Park. There's a lot of miles. Yeah. Yeah, know? massive so, road trip. Yeah. I'm not going to write South off. I just can't write the Myrtle and Cardinal off for some reason. Well, it is, certainly is a tight race for the top eight, but then we've got 
clubs like the Dragons and the Tigers fighting it out for the wooden spoon. So we'll take a quick break and dive into some of the issues. <laughs> you don't bring that up. Well, Why I'm do just you saying. kick yourself while you're down? No, I'm just saying it's there are topics to talk about. So we'll we'll get into them after this mm. break. Alrighty, Gordy. So the poor old Dragons, it was so close against the Eels, but there was a moment of controversy. Clint Gutherson, was it a strip or not a strip? Absolutely. You saw it. It was like he's going to make a tackle. I'm not blaming him. And then you see his fingers curled. So, yeah, his fingers are curled, so he's raked at the football, which which you do because it's a one-on-one. He gets it pulled out. The Dragons pick it up. They would have scored. It goes to the... It goes to the bunker and they say that Clint Gutherson was just going to make a tackle and it was a loose carry. A bit like you at the bar, Emma. <laughs> a couple Very of fair. loose carries. <laughs> Very loose. No, it, it was like where they robbed, I think they would have made him, I think, 26 or something. It would have been, would have taken a score line out the 26-10 or something like that. And I was calling the game with Jimmy Graham and um, his hair turned on fire because he didn't like the decision either. So I think Parramatta got lucky yesterday. I really do. I don't think the Dragons got too many too many calls go their way. But that tends to happen when you're down the bottom of the, of the ladder. I did see the clip on social media. I believe that was the one Jimmy said they should go to Specsavers. He was getting yes. very fired up. Got a lot of traction. Can <laughs> yeah. create a headline, old Jimmy. Yeah, because it's his voice. <laughs> it's so good. There's so much passion. It's like he's he's so fired up. He's yeah, not just making ball, the- like because yes, he goes that ball. That ball was a p-, and I'm thinking he's going to say Pearl. That was a peach. <laughs> Which that's a really poor English accent, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, he did ask him to go to uh, Specsavers yesterday because that decision. I believe robbed the Dragons. Mm-hmm. Are they going to play finals? No, but, you know, would have been good morale because they had a crack yesterday because Parramatta, the way they started the game, they were on fire and then the Dragons steadied the ship. Ravalara scored four tries out on the right edge and it was actually a really entertaining game. That's a game where you think, oh, well, it's going to be a bit of a stinker, but mate, it was actually highly entertaining. Well, Tigers also entertaining at the end, but there is some news for them, depending on where you sit on whether it's good news or not, they have reportedly signed Jaden Sullivan for four years. Now, first off, is four years too long, given he's, no disrespect, but not proven necessarily, hasn't had regular first grade time for a sustained period? Nothing surprises me coming out of the Tigers at the moment. I don't know who's the boss there. There's still a power struggle with Benji and Tim Sheen's trying to get the side the guys that are coaching, four years, is he a halfback? Is he what they need? Is he going to sit there and game manage this team around the park? Does he have the game management style of play or is he a running number six? Is he like a running six or seven? So time will tell. I think four years, well, it's a gamble, isn't it? Because if he's not what they're looking for, Oh, you got someone sitting in your system for four years. Mm. You must be happy being a Tigers fan. Look, I think for the Tigers, <laughs> to be honest, it's been difficult because when they've tr- chased halves, they've all knocked them back, really, and things haven't worked out. Look, they were chasing Mitchell Pearce at one stage. He said he wasn't interested. There was chat about Aiden Caesar as well. It seems anyone they were interested in, it hasn't worked out. So I don't think their, their pool Look. to choose from is 
significantly They struggled since Ivan Cleary backflipped on him, right? So Ivan Cleary went there and I think, you know, the deal was he was going to get his son there and if Nathan Cleary would have went there, it would have been a totally different Tigers, right? Mm. So that was the plan, right? So that was all the eggs in the basket and since that's fallen over, they haven't been able to pull in a big fish since. Mm. They just got to keep on going. But the way the club is reported now at the moment, right, with what happens on and off the field, it would be hard as a player go there because you'd be talking to Benji and he'd say that and then the chairman would say, well, I run the club and then Pascal would say, well, I run the club and then you get Scott Fulton and go, well, I'm going to pick all the players You know, I'm going to be here longer than Benji. So it would be really difficult because uh, I believe you can only listen to one person. There can only be one boss. I'm sure you can get advice off a lot of people but there can only be one boss. Well, for Tigers fans' sake, I hope that it works out well for them and – they continue Happy to. Happy Coruscant could play in the halves. Did you watch well, him would you move his him, little kicking game? You wouldn't no. move him. No, you can't. Well, he's you just can't. resigned. There were reports that he was off the club and he's just extended as well. And so. that's a great signing yeah. for like Happy. That's really good. And like great for the Tigers move. Like then that, that for me, if I'm a, you know, if I'm a forward, uh, that would give me a bit of confidence. If I'm a middle forward, you know, and because there's no way Appy's going to give you the dump. Like he's very, very good at, you know, his deception around the ruck and bringing you onto the footy. So uh, that's a great signing. But they need – he's desperately going to need the help. And I think – I really like Dane Laurie. I think he's re- – and then they've lost him to Penrith, haven't they? Correct, yes. There you go. So there's, there's a super talented player. Well, maybe he's sort of going there just in case they lose uh, they lose Luai. Yeah, potentially. Because, and they're losing Crichton as well. So yeah. it gives, I guess, depth in the outside backs pretty versatile. Yeah, well, but, because I always thought he was a fullback then. Buller come along and, mm. you know, he's a he's a great, exciting young kid. But I think Dane Laurie, just watching him play, I think he I think he can, like, if they had a steady in halfback, just one that can kick, someone that's just going to come and kick, I think he can play a bit of a Ezra Mam role. And I like the way the running 5'8 has come back into the game. Like when I grew up playing, it was all about running 5'8s. Wally Lewis was a running 5'8. Laurie Daly was a running 5'8. You know, Terry Lamb was a runner. You know, there was all these running 5'8s and then they, you know, become the passers and kickers. But I really like a running 5'8. Well, time will tell for the Tigers, but a big week ahead, only a few weeks to the finals. Anything we can look forward to on 360, Gordy? Or do we have to stay tuned? You're well, going to keep us hanging? Obviously, no. Well, I think we'll certainly go through all the headshots, you know, and trying to work out, you know, if you would look back when I was playing, like if you got hit in the head, it was pretty much a send-off, right? And now because we all got taught to tackle under the ball, so we didn't really see a lot of headshots, believe it or not. So now with tackling over the ball, there's more headshots and I believe that you should be allowed to run the ball and your head not get touched. But then there's that tackle where, you know, you saw Jaden Campbell last week. He catches the ball and he ducks a bit. Uh, Hazelton from the Sharks. Burgess comes and he sort of cringes a little bit and he drops himself into the tackle. They're the ones that I'm struggling with, but there's still contact with the head. So the target's just got to be lower. It's not the bunker. It's the fact that because they're happening so fast and people are – we're not used to the, you know, the ball carrier contributing to the tackle, you know, whether he slips or whatever happens these days because the game's so fast, he's still getting hit in the head. Mm. So that's the part that I think as a commentator and as an ex-player we have to move on. If you get hit in the head, you get hit in the head. Whether it's an accident or not, you get hit in the head. So the Nathan Brown one, do you think that was a send-off? 
There was no need for it. He was third man out. He races in to put a big shot on and he gets it wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Luai is standing up. It looks like he's on his tippy toes. He gets nothing. Mm. So I want consistency. So I think as a fan, and then I'm still a fan, I've always been a fan of the game. If I'm a fan, the only thing we can ask for is consistency in the game and that's what we need. That's number one. And then I think that at the end of the year, Graham Annesley's got to get all the refs in and they've got to sit there and whether it takes a week or whatever, just don't get Clint Newton to come and negotiate it, right, because it'll take 20 months. <laughs> but get <laughs> – sorry, <laughs> I've got to stay out of that. Just get someone to sit there and just go through tapes from the 80s or 90s or whatever and let's come up with that, people slipping over or whatever – and send it out to all of us and say this is a headshot no matter what happens. These are players slipping. Uh, we believe that this is this. And maybe if a player bends his back and he's going to hit, you know, and there's a bit of science involved and they can, you know, get like a human movement expert in the judiciary. And if he's bent his back and he's going to hit him below the sponsor and the bloke slips, you might get off that. But his intention was to hit him underneath the football. And if you slip, and you get in contact with the head, it might be a penalty on the field, it might be 10 in the bin, but you won't spend any time on the sideline. I don't know, but I would love to see in the off-season them just sit and nut it out just so we get some sort of consistency because it's such a fast-moving game now and it's a fast-moving tackle. And with the HIA, I think we've changed the way we look at it. We just need a bit of clarity around it. All right. It's a dirty word, consistency. I don't know if we'll Ooh. ever get it, Gordy, uh-huh. but... We'll see. And just finally, shout out. Common sense. (laughs) Ain't common. Shout out to your Titans in the women's competition. Three from three three. in the NRLW. There you go. Top of the ladder. Hey, do you know what? I've asked them. Do you know what they put it down to? What? Emma Lawrence on the 6th of February doing the launch. Oh, I agree. Can you hire me for all of your functions, please? You (laughs) inspired them. Mate, they have your photo up around the wall. (laughs) The words that you used, it was just, it was all inspiring. I was quite Mate, the Titans have one person to thank. Thank you. And that's you, Tony Robbins. Can you please get me on all of their corporate gigs from now on, Gordy? (laughs) Should I take my job? (laughs) Hey, no, together, a duo. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought you were going to try to get in on my territory. I thought you were going to bend Dobbin on me. No, no, no. Gordy would love it. Don't give the gigs to Dobbo. Give them to me. Oh, we can share them around. There's enough to go around. You're going to be my first contact at the moment to come and host stuff. There you go. If they need a host, just give me your price. Off air, right? Don't give it on air because we can always talk that up. Give it to me (laughs) off air and I can work it out. Sounds good. Look at this duo. This is what we call teamwork and this is what we do on every Monday edition. The teamwork that makes the dream work. Of Footy Talk. See you next week. (laughs)